0: is produced for your enjoyment and show notes are found at www.iamwomanproject.com.au. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favourite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at I Am Woman Project and Facebook. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show.
1: Hello and welcome, this is Julianne Black and you're listening to the I Am Woman Project, the place where collaboration meets inspiration and possibility. It's my pleasure to introduce you to someone who I am honoured to also call my friend. Her name is Dr. Elizabeth Chelly, PhD. Elizabeth has been a privately practicing psychologist for 12 years. She's a published author of two books in men's men's mental health, well-being and masculinity. She is an award-winning speaker and media commentator and is an international social and political advocate in men's matters. A gym junkie, inline skater, snowboarder and daily meditator. Um, Elizabeth's foodie addiction, love for travel and all things cultural has her enjoying her Sicilian heritage, currently calling Rome home. Her 23 year career in psychology is a prime foundation which now supports Elizabeth's Creative ambitions to happily transition into professional screenwriting and filmmaking. This will be a fascinating conversation as we deep dive into Elizabeth Shelley. Welcome, Elizabeth.
2: Hi there, Julian. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me along. Gorgeous.
1: <laughs> so excited to have you here, especially <laughs> with such big changes going on for you. Oh.
2: Absolutely. And I've been very excited to have this conversation with you. And yeah, there's some significant changes going on from that 23 year career in the clinical psychology space mm-hmm. Um now moving from Australia to Rome and going through quite a significant transition personally and professionally, quite a remarkable
1: time. (laughs) It really is and when we talk about reinventions um, the thing that um, inspires me so much about having you talk to our listeners today is that most of the time um, we hear about it after, the, after after it's happened and there's hindsight mm. and there's, there's lots <laughs> of, you know, juicy stories to tell from that. Um, however, yep. what we're doing here, and, and I feel so honoured that you're allowing us behind the curtains as well, to see how you're managing it. I mean, it's, you were so successful as a psychologist for 23 years um, mm. uh, you'd built your profile you were a gun at building an incredible profile um, in the media within the profession you were asked to speak internationally um, you really held the space in a topic mm. that not many people would dare to brave and yet yeah. you did that and you're using that kind of skill set to help you transition into a creative pursuit which has been kind of tapping you for quite some time.
2: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Um, Well, firstly, I'm very – I was very encouraged to be able to go behind the curtain. It's one of those things, like you said, people wait until you're right in the prime and you have great stories to share in hindsight, but in the moment – right now is really a huge transition from all those things you just described and building that and putting in some significant work and effort to building that and holding that space of which I certainly um, couldn't see the reason for it being so contentious but certainly learnt along the way (laughs) and that's part of the men's mental health but also that uh, advocacy more specifically into male victims of domestic abuse which helps a lot of people but it was still quite a challenge to always hold that space and keep building the profile or the positioning to be able to do the social advocacy as the primary goal in helping other people out in the community so to be able to actually talk about this transition the rawness and and, um, the roller coaster challenges that come with it whilst Mm. I'm in the midst of a significant time of 23 years to what now Yeah
1: <laughs> what now okay no, you
2: did you did mention about a, a long-term dream which is the screenwriting absolutely uh, it was one of those things I said oh one day I'll do that one mm. day I'll get into that and I heard myself um, several times but I didn't action on it probably because I was pretty busy doing everything else in the Mm. clinical psychology career but I think part of what prompted that change is the intuitive prompting I was getting to uh, leave Australia. I'm very energy receptive, very energy sensitive and I was feeling that my time in Australia was coming to a close. That was initially a freak out. For me, quite mm. anxiety provoking, despite mm. the fact that as a young adult, I always had the dream to live overseas. Mm. So go figure. But um, the fact that I intuitively knew it was the right path of my time in Australia closing and having to ask the questions: Okay, where to now? Um, and having Italian heritage, Sicilian heritage, having been raised by immigrant Sicilian parents, and bless them for their decision to immigrate to Australia and all the beautiful opportunities that opened up for my sisters and I, it actually, my energy lifted big time in my contemplations of where do I move to, and Rome became the place. And having that significant physical change and cultural change from an Australian lifestyle and culture to an Italian lifestyle and culture has put me in, or excuse me, it's put me outside of my comfort zone so that it keeps me accountable to myself about this dream of being a, professional screenwriter, doing creative things in filmmaking and directing and yet not not actually taking myself seriously enough to action it. And this is keeping me accountable to that, which is part of what this transition the last 15 months has really been about.
1: Yeah, and, and look, I know from working with my own clients that um, having a dream and making it your reality there can mm. be such an enormous gap in being able to do that. And sometimes it just feels so challenging that you can't close yes. it. And if you're, um, if you're busy living life or you're busy, you know, trying to create life, then you, it's hard to um, get out of Groundhog Day long enough mm. to. hit the pause button as I'd say and go okay well what is it that where am I going to next what is it that I'm that I'm looking to achieve so for you to Mm -hmm. um feel that intuitive hit to to say let's go and explore Rome and Mm -hmm. you know that's that's extraordinary in itself and then to take advantage of that Uh, transition and go, okay, well, if I'm exploring a new culture to live in, how about I explore a new lifestyle and career for for me as well?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's taken me 15 months in this transition and being out of my comfort zone and most days going, oh, wow, what am I doing? Um, But I know this is the right thing to do because uh, it feels so right for my energy to open up into another space. It, it was a wonderful realization just recently to to go, okay, I've done this 23-year career in the clinical psychology space in research, academia, private practice, publishing books, and then quite entrepreneurially as a psychologist, that I thought, wow, why am I dropping that in a sense? What's going on? I, I felt that loss of letting it go, but it occurred to me, hang on a minute, that's 23 years of amazing skills, expertise, attitude, awareness that I've developed in these different contexts and learnt, and it's it's refined a lot of my other skills like public speaking or being able to speak in antagonistic environments or yeah. dealing with, with difficult situations and being able to hold my centre, hold my ground. So to have the realisation that all of those things actually have built an amazingly beautiful foundation for me to take with me into this next career of screenwriting and filmmaking because I still need all of those social psychology Mm -hmm. skills and all of those human motivation psychology skills to be able to be a fantastic storyteller. It's a skill set I don't have yet. I've certainly been learning it over the last 15 months, but I've been pleasantly surprised that a lot of my social psychology skills advocacy skills like a psychologist skills have been informing it I've had to undo a lot of those skills mind you as well um, to become a better storyteller and it seems so easy to say it now and so obvious but it actually just going through the transition took me a while to come to my own personal realization of what some of this transition was about and what I could bring forward with me I wasn't starting from a blank canvas I guess is (laughs) what I'm saying
1: and I love that as well, because so often when we look at ourselves, um, if we're wanting to do something different to what we've done, we see it as a blank canvas, but it scares a lot of people. It's actually yes. one of those things that people kind of put their hands and furrowed brow and pull their hair and go, <laughs> what am I meant to do with my life? And yeah. I always try to paint the picture of let's get creative here and let's yes. see what 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 have you learned over the years and what are some of the things <laughs> that come really naturally to you. Uh, you know, any environment and especially because I come from a TV background, um, the, people skills is enormous because mm. you get a, 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 a whole gamut of people. Um, so yeah. having your... <laughs> having your people skills um, and knowing why creatives are, ch- are having a tantrum or they're incredibly <laughs> passionate about needing to make that point and that that point has to stay true, um, you know. It, it, it,
2: absolutely. One of the beautiful things I've learned during this screenwriting training and filmmaker training that I've been doing is when there's been – and I've done this online and opened it up globally um, with other contacts I've also made here, which is quite remarkable. <laughs> Rome is a film set. Let me tell you, Rome yes. is a film set. 007, Zoolander 2, um, and a couple, another movie at the moment that they're doing casting for have all been filmed here in the last four to five months, and we've walked past these sets and I've gone, thank you, universe. You've made my home a film set. Like, are you letting me know I'm on the right track or what? Yes. But what One of the things that I've um, pleasantly seen in hearing some of the training of people going, look, this industry, there are certain personalities, there are egos, and, you know, expect your script to be changed. And I'm sitting there listening going, yeah, and what's the problem? Like, of course there's going to be different personalities and egos. And I found myself not freaking out about that. I found myself actually quite willing and open to go into that collaborative space and develop my own, um, what's the word, my own resilience and ability to just collaborate as part of a team and make it easy, make it fun, expecting it's going to be there. And I thought, wow, that's actually quite unusual for me to think that way. Mm. And in my reflections over the time, realize, hey, your advocacy has helped you with this. You've dealt with some pretty heavy going topics in everything you've done as a psychologist, not only with your clients, but this social and political advocacy that you've been trained up for this. And no wonder your baseline and your ability to go yes so that's not a problem is where it is yeah. great i've just discovered a strength in myself that um, i took for granted in effect yeah. at that time so it's there's some of those things to really when you said before you people freak out that it can easily blind you to be able to go hang on a minute let me just tune into myself here let me just yes. tune into everything that's developed to me for who i am now where am I st- What am I starting with and how does that actually give me the strengths, foundation, skills and where are my gaps because I've certainly been quite open and honest with myself about where are my gaps and what do I need to do to fill those gaps mm. which um, is incredibly empowering. You know, I, I find a lot of people sometimes feel that it's a, a negative or a failure thing to look at your gaps and, and what you can't do and hide them or try and keep it under the covers and I've gone, well, you know, if I want to – succeed in this industry and build a position and a profile the way I know I can thanks to the last many years of experience I've had I know I can do it so if I want to do this in another industry I need to look at my gaps and that way develop my credibility and a track record of sorts because the way I would want to take other people seriously of having put in the efforts they need I need to be able to help them take me seriously um, in this space if that makes sense so it's a It warranted me looking at my gaps and my limitations, but, not letting them override the fact I had a lot of strengths backing me up and a lot of skills backing me up.
1: Yeah, and I love that on uh, on multiple levels. Um, one, we're going to be giving the listeners a uh, a little exercise that they can focus yeah. in on their strengths at the end of the interview, and uh, and two, when we actually had a look at some of the things that we are perhaps fearful of within our own, uh, as you say, limitations or gaps. Mm. Um, when mm-hmm. we actually start to look at them with the um, with the spotlight on, we will find that there wasn't actually that much to be scared of. And if we put some <laughs> education around that, then the thing that we were. Um, that that was holding us back or preventing us from moving forward that illusion becomes exactly that just an illusion an illusion yes absolutely yeah
2: absolutely it's where some of the li- the feeling of liberation and and empowerment oh my comes god
1: from. totally it's, it's
2: indescribable <laughs> it's a it's a like wow here i am out totally out of my comfort zone i question nearly every day i have several roller coasters i go through and yet, at the same time i 'm having this feeling of liberation mm-hmm. and freedom yeah. and it 's quite it 's paradoxical almost and it 's part of its magic and it's its beauty um, and I realize I need to remind myself often and my meditations you mentioned earlier being a daily meditator, most definitely they're my they're my grounding of uh, reminding myself, hang on a minute, look at what you 've done, look at where you 're at you 're taking some steps towards something you 're getting clarity on your future visions. And those reminders in nurturing myself and being kind to myself during this semi roller coaster, where sometimes it screams of fun, sometimes it screams of fear, um, through the illusions, um, reminding myself and really going, "You're doing good." Yeah. You know, this this is a transition. Be kind. This won't last forever, but it is a transition, um, and you need to honour that. Uh, given that your intuition was really telling you, "Okay, 23 years, time to progress it now." Yeah. Uh, you've been built for something, time to step forward into the next level of greatness, if I can say that.
1: <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Uh, look, I, I love that um, you know there is a greatness and you can see that there was a strategy of success in one area. So um, yeah. it's, it, there's every possibility that you can pick that strategy up and place it in this new um, in absolutely. this new career. And go. Okay. Well, Absolutely. if I've had the success before, then it's likely I could have it again. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. And it doesn't Absolutely. need to be just in a um, in a career point of view. Like we're we're looking at a strategy for success in career at this stage. Um, but mm. you could have you could look at a, a, an area of your life that has been um, successful, and you could. Um, uh, learn what that strategy is for you and then pick that up and put that on top of an area that needs improving and you're likely to get the same results
2: yes yes it's transferable and it's um as you say that it reminds me of um that i don't know if winning mindset is the right thing or the self-belief Uh, that at times we've spoken about, of going, well, it's there, it's transferable, it's not just boxed in one area. It still stems from me. It still Mm. stems from me as a person and I'm common to different situations. So if I can do it professionally, I can certainly do it personally and I can certainly apply it in various areas of my life, whether it be learning how to create authentic Italian dishes um, or go and do my inline skating on the next level of which I'm psychologically breaking through some of those fear illusions to to go the next level of challenge with my inline skating um, or just being able to get myself um, going from never jogging in my life to jogging because we have an amazing river path to jog along here and it took me four to six months to go, okay, success strategy, I just need to work myself up to being able to jog. seems like such a simple thing and many others do it so easily. It was never easy for me for my body and I never persisted with it until I got here and went, all right, I'm seriously going to look at this. So seems simple but the strategy applies yeah. um, and I'm very proud to now jog more consistently and I can make the most of that beautiful river path and enjoy nature whilst I'm doing exercise. Um So it can be as simple as that Uh, but having the patience, I guess, and the belief in yourself um, which has been reinforced for me over and over over this transition time Mm. to be able to take those steps and and I love how you said get through the illusion of that fear or the things that block you and, in fact, embrace them
1: Mm. to say, all
2: right, I'm going to get through this mirage because, uh, you know, yeah I'm bigger than this (laughs) I'm bigger than bigger than this
1: absolutely and one of the things that you know I personally was being triggered by a fear point recently and I went okay so what am I what am I actually fearful of and when I recognized that I didn't know anything about the situation that I was fearful of I went okay well Uh what's the best way for me to overcome that well let's get some education on it. So I went to a workshop on it and it was only a basic workshop, but it gave me such an insight um, to that area that I was freed. I was like, wow, oh, my God, that was so powerful. (laughs) And it didn't take anything. It took like three hours on one night to to learn (laughs) more about a topic that before that I was quite scared of.
2: I mean, what what you've described then is take a step. You know, we can so easily create such big hurdles in our mind and make it bigger than it actually is in our mind. And Mm -hmm. as a psychologist, I've seen this over and over in clients and certainly been able to help them take the steps to go, just take a step in that direction. The bigger picture will then start taking care of itself, but it won't take care of itself if you don't take one step. And once you've done that step, That will then lead you to what the next step might be. So just go with the steps and a workshop, uh, get some insight into the industry, learn things that you've identified are possible gaps in yourself, generate your energy from the strengths and skills you have got and apply them differently. They're just taking a step, one step forward, one step forward and before you know it, um, here you are. I had a moment a month ago going, wow, you know, over the 15 months, I was just taking one step with the screenwriting, one module, then the next module, and then I'd meet another contact that used to work Hollywood. Then I met someone else that's a story editor. One step, one step, all in the midst of confusion. That a month ago I had this moment of realising how much my skill set had advanced when I jumped into an opportunity to reconnect with my theatre love and do a monologue. And I had to write the monologue and perform the monologue, and I embraced it because I loved doing theatre in my uni days, and I just totally realized at that time how far my storytelling skills, my writing skills had advanced. It gave me an amazing gauge, yeah. which at the time I did not appreciate because I was taking the steps. But as I said, take the steps, and the big picture takes care of itself. The big yeah. picture came and gave me a big slap on the back in a kind way a month ago and said, Hey, look at what look at where Congratulations. it's come to in 15 yeah, Exactly. Exactly. Exactly, congratulations! That's a much nicer Celebrate effort. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Such a celebration, and it is. Absolutely. I call those moments party popper moments when it's really yes. like, let's have a party popper moment on that because that is like the coolest thing ever. You've gone Absolutely. from going being really shaky to now still being maybe have some trepidation, but yeah. um, yeah. one of the things that I love that you say is. Um, that you always base your decisions on faith.
2: Yes, absolutely. I
1: I had a a heart-to-heart
2: conversation with my partner a few days ago and it just came out of me of articulating something I've lived but I needed a reminder in myself that I dislike and I refuse to make decisions based on fear. I prefer to make decisions based on faith. And that means having this possibility mindset And I've generated so much from always being able to get myself back into a possibility mindset. So during this transition, when there's been those uncertainties and trepidation and apprehension, even with my intuitive prodding taking me forward into what feels completely right in my core… There's been moments and little tests, you could say, from the universe of making decisions based on fear because it would be easier. I'll just decide that because it's going to get rid of this short-term pain or this short-term discomfort. And yet my intuition has definitely been stronger in my life, much to my dismay sometimes, but I love it also. (laughs) I appreciate it more than anything that I refused to make those decisions based on fear because I knew they were based on fear rather than faith and trusting in the universe that it's always provided for me. It's always opened doors when the time's been right. And I've got to get past my ego, past my control freak at times, and go, let it go. You're going to make decisions based on faith. You've done this so many times in the past. You know what it feels like. Trust in the fact that that time will come again. And I've made many small decisions like that. But, yeah, you have those moments of trepidation where it's so easy to make the decision on fear. But the decision on faith absolutely is my guiding light. Um, And it was important having that reinforcement the other day. Which um, absolutely is a possibility mindset. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really
1: supports that. <laughs> it's so. It's, I love it. I really. And I, <laughs> because to me, one of my number one values is freedom. So, to me, yeah. if I'm making a decision based on faith, it gives me freedom because I feel yeah. my whole heart center open up, and mm. um, and I and I and I feel like I want to stand tall. Um, in that. So, um, I feel empowered and I feel open minded. And, you know, there are so many things that come from that possibility mindset and the opportunities Mm. that, that, that flow to you when you have a yes attitude to, I'm not sure how it's going to end. I don't Mm. know how this script is, is, I, I don't know the ending to this script just yet. However, if I keep writing, (laughs) it will um, turn out and there'll be some plot twists in there. And if I know that everything happens for a reason, then I know that those plot twists are going to help me become the better person and or the person that I was born to be.
2: Absolutely. And like you said, the plot twists and knowing, okay, everything happens for a reason, and, and that's part of the, hang on, Elizabeth, 23 years you've been in this space. And that's a significant number. It kind of spun me out when I calculated it a little while back going, wow, that is a significant amount of time. There's something in that. That has all been for a reason. It's all been for a reason. And I now I'm going to harness the best parts of that everything it's brought me to now and use it as a trampoline springboard because mm-hmm. that's exactly what it is. And as you were talking then of the, the possibility and everything for a reason, I kept seeing the ripple effect up. And if I make a decision now based on this faith, which to me is more in connection with the fact that there is a universal plan and i got to tap into it, I need to quiet myself enough to be able to to tap into the message, tap into the plan because it's there. It's done so much for me so far and I tapped into it with my psychology work and all the author stuff and the presentations and the media work, the TV gigs, the consulting I've done, the clients I've seen. It's It's been all part of a plan that I've tapped into and I just did it because it felt aligned with me at the time. That if I make those decisions now based on faith in the same manner, the ripple effect is going to trigger and set the other things in motion. And those things are in some way out of my control, but that's okay because universe is going to align those things for me. And I am responsible for aligning myself, get my skills up, be the best screenwriter I can be, be able to work within the industry and become the best collaborator and team player that I can be. Mm. Um, And I align myself in that way. Universe aligns the circumstances and the um, the events, the environment, and when the time is right for the stars to align they will because that's when the doors open and you simply yeah. flow Absolutely. so that's my that's my part in the bigger picture and i just got to play my part i've got to show up because yes. you know universe can't do anything if i don't show up and who's going to be responsible for me showing up and that's yeah, it's been quite a humbling journey um, doing that and really being able to focus that a lot more being out of my known space of australia and being in this space of Rome and the different social culture that's here that's amazing and it's beautiful, it has a a vibrance to it that I even had to learn to accept, but it's made me far more conscious in a good way, uh, self-consciously aware is probably a better way to put it, within this subtle energy space of being able to say, okay, how do I best show up here? Uh, It's been a silent mantra, how do I best show up here? So that the universe can then do its thing, and I can help provide the positive and productive ripple effect um, to help it all align. Yeah, it's been amazing.
1: Actually. Uh, <laughs> yes, speechless. Should take a moment. On that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Well, yeah. I, there's so much in that, and uh, and and I also talk about how it's. You know, the, it, it, it takes more than, than showing up. You've got to do the work. And that's what you were just talking about then, um, in mm. putting yourself in a situation where you're having faith. You are, um, show, uh, you're, you're doing the work and you're being the best you possible, um, in this new, um, environment. And, you know, yeah. that's the best that you can ask.
2: Absolutely. So, absolutely.
1: <laughs> what advice would you give your younger self?
2: What advice would I give my younger self? Um, I would say <laughs> keep letting your fun light and your lightheartedness light up people's space as often as possible. Um, it, <laughs> even if they get annoyed or twisted up somehow, um, keep your light shining for you and for them. It's an inspiration. Uh, for them to have that lighthouse in you. I just I remember when I was in at uni, I would be told off or asked to stop being so happy so early in the morning at the 8 a.m. uni lectures that it struck me going, ah, okay, this is part of who I am. This is my inner light. I'm going to keep doing that. But at the time, um, it raised a little bit of self-doubt uh, that I shouldn't be that. So with everything I've learned over these years um, and everything you were commenting on with regard to my my work and my being earlier on. That's the advice I'd give my younger self. Keep letting your fun light and your lightheartedness shine.
1: Yay! <laughs> Big advocate for that. Yay! Yeah. It's a um, great
2: lighthouse for people to have. Yeah.
1: True. True. Um, so, what drives and inspires you? <laughs>
2: anger. <laughs> that sounds a bit strange. Anger. I have to admit, quite honestly, anger has been a drive for me. My first books and the TV gigs um, that emerged were initially driven by anger. And I'll just explain a bit on that because anger is often seen negatively and it can be a destructive force, but in its essence, it's actually an energizer emotion. And for me, it wakes me up to what's of value and importance to me. So when I see anger flare up in me, it often um, results in me isolating myself for a little so that I'm not uh, expressing it destructively. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm very mindful of that. I, I'm very mindful of how my behaviors or um, things I say might affect others. I want a positive ripple effect. So when the anger comes up, I've not I've learned not to ignore it because it does energize and wake me up to what's of value and importance I isolate myself um, as and have a reflection as to what it's triggered off in me what it's showing me is important and then from that I harness the energy of it and I transform it into productive actions Mm -hmm. like my books like my TV gigs or like the messages that I've shared in my presentations Um, and so yeah it, it was something to realize in myself and something I've often taught a lot of men and women about not suppressing anger because people unfortunately too often see its destructive effects, mm-hmm. but don't realize it's an energizer emotion. Yeah. And personally, when I've been bored or a bit ho-hum or a bit restless, something tends to trigger off my anger and I've learned it's to energize me again. Mm. Um, I'm not saying that's what it is for everybody, but That certainly is something that drives me in the initial steps and it drives me just to pay attention and then harness its energy and transform it into productive actions. That's Mm. the main part of um, anger as a drive for me. Uh, (laughs) Not that many would see
1: it negatively they see it positively yes and and you're so right because anger is as just as naturally occurring as what happiness Mm -hmm. is yet we're not taught that we're taught to be scared of it we're taught that it's it's volatile we're taught to be afraid of it Um, and so when we use it creatively and it has, if we think about a time when we were anger, there's a lot of angry, there's a lot of movement in that. So I love the fact that you specifically use it, um, to transmute it into, um, an energy that, um, creates positivity and Mm -hmm. gives you a way forward as opposed to using it as a blocker.
2: Yeah, it harnesses um, its energy, is something I harness to help momentum mm-hmm. um, and to really see, well, this is really showing me this is something important to me, but which part is important for me to then express and do something productive about? And the ironic thing, we're having worked as a psychologist with many clients with this anger situation, that the suppressing it ultimately ends up creating the destruction people don't want. Correct. Um, and suppressing it takes so much more energy, and it drains you. Mm. People suppress it, and it ends up looking like depression. Mm. And so, people have needed permission to be angry, but permission to be angry in a way that can guide it forward productively. Yeah. And yeah. I'm so, I feel so blessed and honoured to have been able to support people forward of that, where they've, I've no doubt felt the safety of going, hey, you're angry at your mum, you're angry at your friend. You're angry at such and such or you're angry at this situation, great. Let's look at that. Let's see what it's telling you. Totally okay. And let's – let's transform it into something production because I'm certainly not going to let you walk out of this session and use your anger negatively against yourself or anyone else but I'm certainly going to support you and encourage you to transform it and find what it's trying to tell you because that's your momentum to go and and progress something forward in the most productive manner possible it's valuable to you and it's valuable to the people around you let's make the best of it
1: yeah absolutely it's what an honour. <laughs> yeah, uh, 100%, 100%. Um, I love how we can use uh, all emotions because once mm. we stop being yeah. so afraid of our emotions, then we have emotional <laughs> freedom. Um, yeah. And sometimes it literally is about sitting in the eye of it and allowing it to pass through us. So therefore, mm-hmm. um, we can see it objectively um, when, you know, it's, it's, it's passed through us. It's like, ah, mm-hmm. and if we recognize that something <laughs> like anger can pass through us, then we won't be so um, desperate to try and cling on to happiness because we'll know that mm-hmm. happiness can pass through us as often and joy and love and peace and harmony and abundance can also, mm-hmm. um, also pass, pass through, through us as much or as little as we want.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. I've often, I've often said feelings are a signal. Emotions are a signal. Mm. They're not finality, they're not the end point. They're a signal. Yes. So give them some space. Yes. You know, and you'll find they'll dissolve pretty quickly if they're negative and uncomfortable, but you'll also find they're incredibly enhancing and liberating when it's the joy and the happiness and yes. the pleasure and the things that we want to have in our Exactly. Space. So and, yes. they're um, amazing.
1: <laughs> and if we're numbing one, we're numbing the other. So we if yeah, we're, we're numbing we're, anger, we're going to be numbing our joy and happiness as well. So We're,
2: if, we're limiting ourselves in the range, absolutely, and, what, and that's a disservice to ourselves, yeah.
1: yeah. Okay, so <laughs> what keeps you up at night? I'm sorry, can you repeat what, that question? What keeps you up at night? Hmm, what has
2: kept me up at night? I would first say social injustice. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, I guess
2: that's part of the anger question um, or the anger answer. I often, I have a, uh, obviously with my social advocacy, there's an aspect there where I've worked on it and actually actioned my um, being awake at night, being triggered off by social injustice. And by that, I mean, not only in the social space like, uh, in my case, the specifics of male victims of domestic abuse just being an unheard uh, group of people suffering, um, and that's in no way undermining female victims of domestic abuse they're suffering, and everyone needs the help but it's also about people to people and how we treat each other um, i'm mm-hmm. I'm so mindful in myself and perhaps a little too sensitive at times about um, did I hurt that person? Oh my God, did I do something wrong? Was I unreliable? Did I not walk my talk? Was I a hypocrite? Um, and those things, yeah, they tend to keep me awake a little as I reflect on it and start to rebalance myself and go, hang on a minute. No, you didn't do anything wrong, but what part of you upset you? So that kind of stuff in terms of people relations, keep me up at night. And that can be people as my beautiful partner, people as my friends, people as strangers that, Mm-hmm. you know I, i'm concerned about it, it can go the spectrum from personal right through to the social yeah. advocacy and political advocacy so
1: yeah. Oh, Elizabeth, I can see some very, very powerful screenplays coming together.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I am setting the vision of them being about social purpose. <laughs> I set social purpose.
1: So, hello, <laughs> hello, and that, hello. Le- <laughs> and that wow. leads me to to uh, to probably um, at the, what are the funniest uh, misconceptions about your industry, company, or brand? <laughs>
2: Oh, the funniest misconception about my industry. Well, I could speak um, about the industry of psychology and as a psychologist that one of the funniest things really it's been – that people around me, if they meet you at a party or you tell them you're a psychologist, people feeling they have to be careful about what they say because we psychologists psychoanalyze 24-7 apparently. Um, Yes. And, oh, oh my goodness, how tiring would that be? I mean, we'd all be burnt out way sooner than we already run the risk of by the nature of the work we do, but it's – it's a thing I've had to laugh with people about because it can affect your social life if you tell people you're a psychologist too soon before they actually get to know you as a person because, you know, fair enough, a lot of misunderstanding about it pops up for them and they get a bit concerned that anything they say um, is being psychoanalyzed and I just need to reassure people, we're not. I mean, we need to socialize and relax and I I let people know being a psychologist is a skill set it's a lot of micro skills that you learn and you get a lot of training for and it's immense ethical reasoning training as well. So there's a lot of skill sets coming together that um, there's many levels of processing going on that when you switch into being a psychologist, you're on the button and being there for the people that you, you need to be there for and it's typically vulnerable people in the clinical, clinical psychology space. And so it is a skill set that you step into and we are trained to be able to step out of that. And we're encouraged to make sure we step out of that because it is a burnout risk if you were to do this beyond the parameters of your professional work. And so that's a a misconception I learned along the way that initially was frustrating, but I started to laugh at it and thought, okay, this is a misunderstanding people have. And how can I just help them see I don't psychoanalyze, I don't work 24-7, I actually like to have a break like you do. Mm -hmm. And it's a skill set that I put down when I finish being a psychologist um, and I pick up being Elizabeth again and everything else that I am in that. So that's that's been funny over the years, and mm-hmm. I hope I've eased some people's minds about
1: that. <laughs> I have the same, uh, so the same thing when people know that I do communication <laughs> and body language. They're like, you've been <laughs> yeah. analyzing me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Give what me a rest. And what did I do just then? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. If you want me to tune into you, I will and I can. However, let's yep. just have a have a glass of bubbles and you yeah. know relax for the evening, shall we? <laughs>
2: I do this for work, and I consult in this space. These are my hours, so please let's book a time, and I'll. <laughs> I'll be there 100% for you and absolutely, authentically 100% for you with all of me. Uh, But right
1: now, yeah, let's just have a glass of bubbles. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, (laughs) Um, So, what's the greatest personal challenge you've overcome?
2: Oh, um, okay. The greatest personal challenge I have overcome (laughs) is really uh, feeling isolated, misunderstood and unheard as a kid mm-hmm. uh, it was one of the first things that came to me in um, contemplating this question. Um, yeah, I-, I always felt myself a little removed Um, from my family. And please don't get me wrong. My family are amazing. They're beautiful. They've always been supportive, but the way I always saw it as a kid, they had, and they did have such a remarkable history before I was born. And that includes immigration to Australia, the hardships they went through, the difficulties of settling into a new country with broken English. And before I was born, my parents and three sisters had such a distinct history that I felt like the turn-the-corner child. And I say that in all positivity. Um, I was loved and cared for and part of the family. There was no no, no major issues in, in the growing up that I had. But personally, for me, my personal challenge that I had to overcome was that feeling of being isolated and a bit misunderstood and unheard because I thought differently and I always had this connection connection with the love and the care especially with my father who was a challenging character (laughs) let me be Mm. frank he was a challenging character but I as a kid always felt the love inside even though we couldn't show it as easily as as some would want and he showed it in several ways but it was a bit of a struggle sometimes um but that uh, yeah I don't know I can explain it more than that but it, it just felt misunderstood and isolated and yeah, like not necessarily completely known for who I who I was, and and hardships in a circumstance can certainly distract people and get them into survival mode, mm. um, as was the case of my family. But it also taught me, and perhaps part of what contributed to my drive to really go inward on myself and get to know myself even better. Mm-hmm. That it, I I perhaps unconsciously learned at that time. Don't rely on other people to get to know you. You get to know you. You can do this. You Mm -hmm. get to know you. You get to know you and yourself really well and action it. And I think that drove me quite a lot in being such an academic geek head (laughs) going through uni of doing the undergraduate and being keen on doing the PhD and then I'm going to do the PhD and then I'm going to go and do my extra two years to register as a psych. So it was all that searching for myself and getting to know myself that – I guess, was part of the fuel and ammunition, uh, part of it, not all of it, of um, myself putting myself in circumstances that helped me strengthen me, learn more about me, to this point 23 years later where it's now my best asset yeah. of going through this transition.
1: That self-belief,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the, the personal challenge that I, I overcome as a youngster yeah. and keep strengthening yeah, over my. Yes,
1: and I, yeah. lo- I do love that about you because there is a there's a conviction of you knowing who you are very intimately, and you know the environments that you thrive in, and you try to put yep. yourself in those environments as as often as possible, and you manage yourself when you're not in those environments, and you do it in a holistic way, and you do it in a way that serves others as well as yourself. It's a very win win win. Um, mindset and mentality and one of the reasons um, one of the many reasons why um, I, I love you as a person and a friend and yeah it's just it's incredible so with all of this how do you thank try you. to so relax really, yeah thank oh. you <laughs> <laughs> so how do you try to relax
2: well I try to relax by watching movies surprise surprise <laughs> <laughs> actually. Sometimes go into de- deconstructing those movies, but I still find that relaxing. I relax by writing. I do a lot of writing and a lot of journaling personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also try to relax uh, by traveling to new places to get out of my ruts yeah, and to wicked. jot myself into seeing life differently, learning from different people. So um, there's some of the things, depending on time and energy and financial availability, that um, I go, right, what do I need to relax now? And there's some of the ways.
1: Awesome. Love it. And if you had one superpower, what would it be? flying. I want
2: to fly. I would love to fly. If not, can I please have a private jet at my disposal?
1: (laughs) Thank you very much. Oh, yes, I I resonate with that one. Absolutely.
2: Would love to fly. Honestly, I would probably zip around to various places in a day and be back in time to share the story with my partner
1: or with my friends for dinner. I'll be back for dinner. That's where I went. I'll be back
2: for dinner, and the joy—the joy of being in Rome—is that normal dinner time here is eight eight thirty. So it actually means there's more time to fly around. Yes, awesome. <laughs> so I'll still be back for dinner. Love it, love it. And love then, it. then I'll pass out asleep. But that's <laughs> all right.
1: It's been a fulfilling day. It's a yeah, yeah, a day a, a day well spent. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, if Lots you were to pick one word that best describes your personal brand, what would it be?
2: I would have to say energy. I mean, mm-hmm. energy is a key word for me. And this came about uh, also through the development of my Roaming Rome blog, whereas I write, funnily enough, I write for the blog um, in sharing some of this cultural experience and the cultural change. Uh, but we're all energy. And it came out of that blog because you actually touched on it just before, Julianne, of commenting about the environments I know I thrive in And I called them high energy centers when I was going through the development of this blog and what it was about. Um, And the coach I worked with at the time and in my own, you know, sifting through my motivations, high energy centers was something I really wanted to talk about. And that involves energy. We're all energy. And my intuition and the strong relationship I have with my intuition of knowing at my core when it's a true intuitive decision and not just an instinct or a reaction or a emotion-based decision, but a true intuition decision, that is part of our core energy. And to me, that is the link and the energy, or for me, that is the link and the energy to the universal energy, um, as with anything, everything I spoke about before. Mm. So energy for me, vibration, frequency, is one of those words I tap into every day as to where's my energy at now as a human being, as a person, as a woman. Where is my energy now as a partner? Where is my energy now as a psychologist? What am I doing with it? Where is it at? Is it the best it can be for today, for this moment? Mm -hmm. And what do I need to do to fine-tune it? Or what do I just need to surrender so that I can free up some of my energy Mm -hmm. because I'm being a a little bit too intellectual or a little bit too control freakish Mm -hmm. or a little bit too fixated Mm -hmm. on something, yeah, that I need to release and surrender my energy so that it can flow again. I just find myself – tuning into that a lot and when I first got here and yeah the first couple of months I, I, I did have a lot of downs and a lot of difficulty just and I expected that they would be there but you live through it and you know you tend to forget the expectation <laughs> hang on a minute but one of the things that came to me during that time in my meditations was a, a, a thing I wrote out and I keep on my desk it, it's a reminder and it's quote "Go where the energy is I am energy." So go where the energy is, close quote. And I look at that frequently and when I feel a bit um, blocked or uncertain or like my energy is a bit depleted or I'm perhaps racing in my energy, I'm like, okay, go where the energy is. What can I do right now that actually gets me centered and in that space of true intuitive energy that I know is typically calming, Mm -hmm. it's relaxed, it's easygoing, it's lighthearted, and it's graceful. Mm -hmm. So how do I get how do I get myself to that? And that is energy to me. Frequency. Man, I wish I could have met Albert Einstein. <laughs> the dude, I think, was onto it. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but energy would be my my one word for all those reasons.
1: Fantastic. So, what do you think would be um, three golden nuggets? that um you'd like to give our listeners and uh and perhaps in amongst that it is um what's one action step that they could take and perhaps it is um how teaching them how to tune into their energy um yeah or yeah 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 um as we've been
2: um as we've been speaking today i've been noting i've referred a lot to myself in different roles and it's it's reminding me in our discussions of something I've, like, pardon me, something that I've um, often helped clients with, but also helped myself with many a time. And it's what I've called a role review, um, or a role analysis, um, where I've set out six circles on a piece of paper, or I get six blank pieces of paper and draw in a large circle so that I can write stuff in it. Mm -hmm. And on each circle, what are the, um, label each circle with the most common roles um, that you invest your energy into. So that could be a role as a mother, role as a CEO, role as a coach, role as a partner or a wife, um, role as an auntie, uh, role as a best friend or a friend, Uh, whatever it is, there's no rights or wrongs, but Label those six, each circle, with one of the most common roles that you invest your energy into. And then in each of those circles, um, and hence why you need it large enough to be able to just write randomly inside it, list out all the qualities that help bring that role to life and move it forward. And by qualities, I mean skills, values, aptitudes, your attitudes, your personality, any character elements, any strengths that help bring it alive and it's really important you're looking at what actually are strengths and positives it's so easy for us to write what we're not doing and what's wrong yeah um and that's okay to put some of that but overall about looking at this role review it's actually about looking as I said what has brought it alive it's come alive because you've done a lot of right things you've done a lot of strengthening things you've done a lot of productive things but we don't give ourselves the opportunity to tune into those so with each circle whether you do one a day or all six in a day and you give yourself a few hours, however it works, but give each circle the attention of listing out these qualities and I've often encouraged people to do it as one or two words at the most so that you write down a bunch of one or two words rather than big sentences which just becomes intellectual. Um, So that write each, each circle and once you've done that, step back from it and have a look at each one of them reflect on each one of them and and bask in the glory of that role and all of the strengths that have brought it to life and then start comparing them. What, What qualities overlap between several of them or all of them? What qualities are common to each of them and list them out somewhere else? And also what qualities are unique to each one of them? And at that point, I then hand it over to whoever's doing this for themselves because then you're going to be reading your own story and it's not for me to, to to say too much more on that because the beauty and the magic is about starting to read the story and going, wow, look at those qualities that overlap a lot across four, five or six of these or qualities that overlap on two of these and look at the unique ones and what does that mean in terms of that particular role. Um, so, for example, Auntie was one of my... Uh, circles and I realized in doing this a while back that and something I didn't appreciate but I, I realized one of the beautiful unique aspects of being an auntie was that I was a supportive influential adult for my sisters and their husbands that when they were having some difficulty with their kids as the influential adult that had built amazing love my nieces and nephews are freaking legends I love them to yeah. bits they're just amazing characters but when I needed to be a firm, influential adult to either help them through something and they wouldn't listen to their parents for some reason, um, or they, um my parents, my sisters, I'm sorry, were struggling with something, I could be that influential adult. That in effect, when I put my foot down in that loving way, it made them go, "Oh, hang on a minute." And I found the value of that role for my sisters and their husbands to absolutely be priceless I don't know if they even realized it but when I tapped into it and I started honoring that when needed without being intrusive of course it was only whenever needed they actually relaxed and it helped everybody and I I wouldn't have known about that unique quality had I not really looked at my auntie role and what I did to help bring it alive Mm -hmm. um, in that case so I hope that's a an example that helps I don't know but yeah that that, will be something I would ask people that Yeah, ask people to action for themselves because whether you connect it with other people or not, it's valuable for you to know the roles that you invest your energy into and how you best use your energy and that's going to bring you close to getting to know yourself and through that magic of just reviewing it after you've done it all, you'll start to tune in to that intuitive core. Yeah. That intuitive energy—that is your powerhouse. Great, it's absolutely your powerhouse.
1: So, from a quick recap of that, it's find or think about six roles that you um, spend give energy to in your life. Mm-hmm. Get a piece of paper, either for each, or draw six large circles on one piece of paper, and look for the goodness in yourself in those yes, different roles. Absolutely, yeah, and then yep. sit all down. the various qualities. Great, and then have a and have a look at uh, at what happens um, for yep. you as you start to look for the goodness in yourself.
0: Beautiful all
1: the Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and that, you know what I love about that also is it's about um, giving yourself permission to be kind and acknowledge the journey that you've been on um, and to celebrate who you've become because of all yeah. these roles and these interactions that you have. Party popper moment! Yay! Hey! <laughs> <laughs> so, Beautiful. thank you so much for coming on. So, what oh, does well the storyline of the future Elizabeth <laughs> Challey look sound and feel like in one sentence?
2: <laughs> oh my God! In one sentence? No way! <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm I challenging suck. the scriptwriter. <laughs>
2: Oh, the storyline for the future Elizabeth Shelley is to be a mm, an engaged and collaborative um, screen, screenwriter, director, traveller that nurtures herself and inspires and lights up other people.
1: Oh, I love that. I love that. And I love you. Thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Thank you so much for having me on, Julianne. It's truly wonderful and I just love being able to share this this journey with your listeners. Thank you for the permission to to honor this transition. It's been wonderful. Bless you.
1: My absolute <laughs> pleasure and we'll have some links as to where to um, find Elizabeth as well so so you can Definitely. stay in contact with her. And what's your what are your two websites? Uh,
2: www.drcelli.com.au and www.rominrome.com and the first rome is r o a m in rome r o m e so roamingrome.com we're roaming around
1: awesome well this is julianne black for the i am woman project enjoy your night enjoy your day um keep <laughs> smiling and thank you so much
2: and thank you sweetheart have a wonderful day
1: <laughs> bye bye
0: That brings us to the end of the show. If you have any questions, please send us an email to jennifer at iamwomanproject.com.au or twitter at iamwomanproject and we will get right back to you. If you were listening to this podcast on iTunes, please make sure you leave a review or rating about the show. We would love to hear your thoughts. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Until next time, please take care.